It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Welcome to the St. Mary Healthline. Great to be with you. And today we're talking about an interesting topic. We have a plastic surgeon with us as uh, we join you once again here for the Healthline. Always great information coming your way here from uh, the trusted medical professionals of St. Mary Medical Center. Today we're with Dr. Nathaniel Holtzman, uh, doctor of plastic surgery and uh, division chief at St. Mary Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. Good morning, Dr. Holtzman. Good morning. Hey, great to have you here. All right, so uh, tell us a little bit about your background. What brings you to St. Mary Medical Center? Wow, I have uh, I've been at St. Mary now for approximately seven years, a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was up in Boston uh, for about ten years before coming here to St. Mary, and uh, was originally recruited here to uh, help uh, develop uh, and uh, expand the uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery division. And uh, we keep uh, growing and expanding, and it's been a wonderful seven years. And uh, I'm looking forward to many more. So plastic surgery is a, a growing field of medicine? It, it's been an expanding field in medicine for decades now. Um, when people think of plastic surgery, uh, typically people think of you know the television shows uh, and mostly the aesthetic and cosmetic aspect of plastic surgery, but uh, we do both. Uh, we do both uh, cosmetic as well as reconstruction. I was thinking of the movie, I think it was Face Off, where like they did plastic surgery and they traded faces and you know there is a lot of science science fiction around plastic surgery. Uh, tell us, I actually want to get, touch on a little bit of that here this morning, but describe what an aesthetic or just a cosmetic procedure is. Give us some examples of uh, what that entails, and is that the majority of what you guys do? Uh, absolutely. I'm happy to describe this all for you. So uh, the difference between what a cosmetic or an aesthetic procedure is and one that is considered reconstructive uh, has to do with functionality uh, and also has to do with uh, medical necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, A cosmetic or an aesthetic procedure is one uh, that we perform, uh, which could be a surgery. It could be a procedure in an office setting. It could be uh, an injection, something that is typically done to improve one's appearance. Uh, A reconstructive procedure is one uh, that uh, is to restore function uh, as well as uh, in addition to aesthetics. Uh, Those are typically procedures we do uh, for cancer, um, we do a lot of breast reconstruction. We do a lot of skin cancer reconstruction and things along those lines. Um, our practice, uh, you know, delves into both. Uh, uh, we probably do about 50-50 when you look at the total practice of reconstructive and aesthetic procedures. Many of the aesthetic procedures we do uh, focus head to toe. Um, that is facial rejuvenation. Uh, that is eyelid rejuvenation, neck rejuvenation, um, breast augmentation, breast reduction, uh, tummy tuck procedures, uh, and then a lot of body contouring procedures. Is it the cosmetic side that has grown faster or the reconstructive side or just the entire 
entire field has always, as you said, been expanding with new discoveries and new innovations? I think the entire field has been expanding with new innovations. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned face-off. Uh, you know, we do do face transplants now. Not here at St. Mary, but uh, where I came from in the academic realm, uh, we, we used to do face transplants. I mean, really, uh, and, I, I, and it was we still do. The stuff of science fiction, I think, in that movie, which became reality. It, it, it absolutely did, and, and it's, it really is uh, changing lives, and, and there are some great teams around the country that are doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, an aesthetic realm and a cosmetic realm, uh, there's a lot of innovation going on uh, across the country and, and, and across the globe. Uh, there's a lot more non-invasive uh, offerings that are available to patients that want to re- rejuvenate the skin uh, or for skin tightening and for fat loss and things along those lines, plus from a surgical uh, technique and, and a surgical aspect. Uh, there's a lot more procedures that we do uh, that have developed over the years, especially as uh, other surgical fields have evolved as well. One example is uh, we have a huge uh, uh, bariatric and, and metabolic uh, surgery division here. Uh, and for many people that are undergoing weight loss and, and massive weight loss specifically following surgery, you know, 18 months, two years after they've lost a lot of weight, there's a lot of skin redundancy and, 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 what go, and the complications that go along with that. So a lot of our body contouring techniques have evolved over the last decade or two. As that field has grown, then then we're seeing more patients that that need our help. I mean, a fascinating uh, discussion here this morning, the St. Mary Healthline, as we're talking with Dr. Holtzman. And it's got to be fascinating because it's all over popular culture. We're talking about nip tuck. We're talking about (laughs) uh, my uh, 600-pound life, all these reality shows that do touch on uh, plastic surgery in one element or another. Now, Nip Tucker, are you still using a scalpel? Are most procedures done now with um, with laser, that, that type of uh, high-tech stuff? <laughs> we use both. Uh, you know, it's still the mainstay of the equipment we're using in the operating room or for most of our surgical procedures is still using using the scalpel, the knife. Uh, however, there's a lot of innovation uh, with regards to, to laser therapy. Um, we have uh, excellent laser offerings here in the office where we do skin tightening, we do skin resurfacing, we do scar therapy. You can treat vascular lesions, you can treat uh, skin damage from the sun, uh, we, we do hair removal. Uh, so there are a lot of things that the laser can do for us, but uh, tried and true, I, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist with some of our surgical procedures, and, and, and we still use our traditional surgery techniques. I mean, how about something as common as uh, tattoo removal or uh, that type of thing? It, w- would that be considered a plastic surgery procedure? It is. It is. It fall. It falls within that plastic surgery dermatologic realm. Uh, so there are laser techniques for removing tattoos. Uh, less common when it comes to tattoos, we'll remove them surgically. But sometimes that is necessary. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think when you when we talk about plastic surgery and in specifically aesthetic and cosmetic surgery, uh, we're talking about not just rejuvenation, uh, but touching on some things that people don't like. Uh, you know, you know, so, something says is, well, who's a candidate for plastic surgery? Who's yeah, a candidate for cosmetic well, surgery? What are some common reasons that people, you know, come and, and, and say, I, I would like to, you know, talk with you about something that 
I'm, it is, I guess, just kind of bothering them, right? It, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, we, we get a lot of people that come to talk to us and see us for, you know, I just, I, I don't feel tired. I, I'm active. I'm exercising. But I feel like I look tired. Uh, and, and sometimes these are people that need just simple eyelid procedures or simple facial rejuvenation techniques. Uh, there's many other people. I see a lot of women uh, who have had children and, and are back into their, their normal, uh, you know, life and their exercise exercising and they're dieting and and they really feel good but there's some some changes that the body goes through following pregnancy that as hard as you, people work or, or where these women work they just need a little bit of touch up here and there for things that are bothering them uh, cosmetic surgery isn't right for everybody but there's a lot of people that I feel like I could just improve a little bit on this is surgery or is one of these techniques uh, uh, something that can help and, and many times it can be I mean gravity always wins in, in the end <laughs> At one point or another, a lot of times people with just wrinkles and and feeling like they don't they look a little older than they they feel. I, I think that is one of the most common reasons people come to seek our help, um, that they just want to feel refreshed. Um, and that's our goal. We, you know, we, we do not want to, especially, you know, uh, changing somebody's aesthetics. Like, we're not here to change a person. We're here to, to just make people feel better. Um, I, I, I always use this line. Uh, we're like BASF. We don't make a lot of the products you buy. We just want to make a lot of the products you buy better. Um, and, and I feel that way about plastic surgery. Talking with Dr. Holtzman here today. It's the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB. So, Dr. Holtzman, we're talking about some science fiction stuff. Should we start to think about plastic surgery to uh, avoid detection from artificial intelligence? I mean, we hear about all this facial recognition software out there, (laughs) whether it's on our phones or at the airport. Um, I I I mean, sometimes in in movies and popular culture, we hear about people changing their look and changing their face. Would you be able to change detection from one of those devices? I do not want to touch on that in this conversation here. Uh, that's a com- that's a topic for another time. But no, no, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> oh man, we'll, we'll talk about that off off air uh, outside of the health line. Here is we're with Doctor Holtzman and uh, uh, most common procedures. Um, you would say, I mean, Botox. So, from a there's when you talk about procedures uh, and uh, in plastic surgery, there's non-invasive procedures that we define them as, and that's typically your injections. That's uh, using Botox or Dysport. Those are relaxing agents to kind of relax some of the facial muscles. There's also injectables such as hyaluronic acid products, where we can put dermal fillers in to help also treat you know the fine wrinkles and some of the deeper lines of the face. Uh, and then there's the laser procedures. And those are probably the more common procedures we do in the office. Um, but then there's procedures and then there are surgical procedures. Well, I mean, to talk a little bit more about that because it, something about that is very, very g- cool, I think. You can actually get that procedure and you like walk out uh, the same day, go back to your life. And I mean, uh, it, it seems very non-invasive, which is always best. Absolutely. I mean, these are procedures that can uh, take, quite honestly, years off the age of someone's face um, just with simple uh, rejuvenation of whether it's a laser skin resurfacing where there's a little bit of downtime, such as, you know, some pinkness and some redness to the skin, but people can return to work the same day. They're returning back to the gym. They're going home um, to the injections, which, you know, sometimes take, you know, uh, several days to a couple of weeks to 
see the effects of. Uh, but again, it, you, there's no downtime. Uh, you are returning back to your normal life almost immediately. All right. Well, I'm trying to help people who are in the witness protection program. Dr. Dr. Holt, he's, he's playing it straight here today on the St. <laughs> Mary Health Line. We're keeping people young and healthy. We're, uh, we're staying away from the, uh, the legal aspects of, uh, of changing appearances. <laughs> well, we have much, much more to get to. I uh, want to ask you when we get back, are there better good candidates, better candidates or best candidates for some of these procedures? I mean, it's about the skin. So I guess some people just have uh, a natural skin elasticity and uh, we'll throw that towards uh, Dr. Holtzman here as we get back to our discussion about plastic and reconstructive surgery on the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. Avoid FOG. No, I'm not talking about the inclement weather, but fats, oil, and grease. Approximately 80% of grease-related sewer blockages and overflows occur in residential areas. That's because FOG clings to the inside of pipes, eventually causing a blockage. So never put fats, oil, and grease down the drain. This message from BCWSA, your utility partner for a safer environment. Learn more about what not to put down your drain online. BCWSA.net we now return to St. Mary Healthline. All right, having some fun this morning here on the St. Mary Healthline as we are with Dr. Nathaniel Holtzman, uh, plastic surgeon and the division chief at St. Mary Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. So a plastic surgeon, yeah, that's pretty big time. you got to you know, spend pretty much your whole life training and uh, working towards that goal, but you're also the division chief. What kind of responsibilities does that entail? Then you're like the, the boss of the other doctors here? No, no, no. Oh. no, no. We're, we're a team here. Uh, yeah, we work very collegially here. Uh, you know, being a division chief is just ensuring that we're adhering to proper policies, uh, making sure that we have proper coverage for the hospital, and uh, more importantly, I think, is the strategic growth of what we can offer here at St. Mary. Uh, I mean, we're a 400 bed uh, hospital uh, you know built here in the community here to serve the community uh, and I think all of us that are in leadership positions uh, we feel very fortunate to be able to uh, help focus the hospital on what the community's needs are um, and that's my goal with our division is just to make sure that we can meet the needs of our patients uh, meet the needs of our referring providers uh, and make sure that we can treat people in their own community oh, always a pleasure for us here on wbcb to be able to share some of what is happening here at saint mary on the health line so back to uh our, our teas before the break is there uh, some skin that is better for plastic surgery, just has a more youthful uh, glow to it, um, and therefore can be stretched and pulled in different ways? <laughs> um, the, there is skin that is better for uh, surgical intervention or for non-invasive intervention than other skin. Um, the way we look at skin is, is, is just like you said, is from an elastic perspective. We have proteins in our skin actually called elastin um, that help us uh, to retain some of that tautness, some of that um, youthful appearance. Um, as we age or as we go through different 
different lifestyle changes, that elasticity can be affected. Um, for many people, uh, that elasticity can return. Um, and they don't need any intervention. Um, for others, uh, for example, after a bariatric procedure and, and uh, 100, 200-pound weight loss, some of that uh, elasticity is truly lost. And the only way to return that, that uh, tautness to the skin is to remove the excess. Um, some people are better candidates for surgery than others. Um, anytime we're considering on, uh, on doing these aesthetic or cosmetic type of procedures, um, the first thing we're concerned about is someone's overall health. And we need to make sure that somebody is healthy enough to undergo these uh, procedures, that they don't have any other um, the conditions that might put them at increased risk. Um, the second thing we look at is we want to make sure somebody's going to do well. Uh, you know, we want somebody coming in and that, that has uh, proper goals in mind and proper goals that we can help them to achieve. Um, and in everybody, I think, uh, can be a candidate um, for surgery, but we just have to, to, and when I say surgery for, for the, the aesthetic procedures, but we have to determine which is the right procedure for that individual. So as the field has expanded, the number of patients who would be good candidates has, has expanded, I would think, quite a bit over, over the years. Oh, absolutely, because there's people that may have only had surgical options 10, 15 years ago, and now that we have more of these non-invasive options, such as the laser therapy and the injectables that we were talking about earlier, they may be more of a candidate for an alternative type of procedure. Uh, so, uh, you know, not surgery is not right for everybody, but then there can be alternative procedures. All right, so what is the path to get to Dr. Holtzman, do you have to go through your uh, your your general practitioner or go to your your regular doctor first? Get a referral. Um, how how do you how, how do you go through that process? No, you can call us directly. So, uh, you know, our office number is uh, 215-710-5234, and patients can call our office directly and just schedule uh, an aesthetic consultation. Uh, all those consultations are complimentary, uh, you know, for aesthetic purposes, uh, and uh, we just uh, assess what somebody's desires are, uh, what somebody's needs are, and then uh, what uh, and if anything is appropriate for them. StMaryHealthcare.org is the website that can unlock everything that we talk about here on the Healthline. Again, StMaryHealthcare.org. So you got to have a consultation, figure out if you are a good candidate. Where does the procedure take place? Is it in a, a, a surge a operating room? There's different uh, places where we do our, our procedures and surgeries. For some of the smaller procedures where it's done with uh, local anesthesia only, meaning people are awake and, and uh, in, you know speaking with us during their procedure, uh, that can be done right here in the office. Um, for other procedures that might be more involved, um, we do operate uh, at uh, outpatient surgery centers here on campus at St. Mary, as well uh, as for patients that are more involved uh, over in the hospital operating room setting. I love all the wacky stuff. The other day I saw an online video of a guy who was going through surgery and he was playing the violin as he went through the surgery as uh, he was, I guess, maybe in a type of twilight sedation or something like that. But you, you some of these procedures you're awake for, you don't need any type of... Um, 
uh, of sedation or anesthesia, that type of thing? It, it depends on the patient. It depends on the procedure that we're performing. But there's many things that we do right here in the office where uh, people are wide awake speaking with us, listening to music. Playing a violin? Uh, I haven't had someone play a violin during a procedure yet. Uh, but it's something we'll aspire to, maybe. It could go viral. <laughs> or I'm just saying. That, uh, that has happened. Um, so are these services typically covered by insurance? Uh, most cosmetic aesthetic procedures are not covered by insurance. Um, so that's, you know, we were talking about earlier at the beginning of our conversation, the difference between a reconstructive procedure, which is something that addresses functionality as well as aesthetics, versus a true aesthetic cosmetic procedure, which is one that's aesthetic alone. Those procedures that are determined to be aesthetic alone um, are not covered by insurance. All right, a situation, uh, my, my wife was bitten by a dog in, uh, in her face when she was young. So there was certainly an, an aesthetic element of that, but I would imagine there was a functional part of that, too. Are most of those kind of emergency types of situations covered by insurance because of the uh, the trauma or the – I don't know. I guess it, it it's both cosmetic and also – uh, reconstructive. An emergency situation like that are typically covered by uh, insurance plans. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm here with St. Mary, and as a physician, I don't know the exact coverage policies for the different insurance companies. But typically, from a medical emergency type standpoint, or a trauma in that situation, or uh, something where there has been uh, a non-elective type procedure, um, those are typically covered by insurance. I would think that's a fairly typical circumstance where a young person has experienced an accident. Uh, we, we were thinking very seriously about bringing my daughter in to have her um, upper lip looked at when a cat scratched her. Um, and uh, now she has a bit of a scar, but it's getting better each day. And uh, some of those are tough decisions for parents. Um, what would you recommend as far as uh, any any guidelines? I mean, obviously, my my wife came in. That was uh, there wasn't any question about that situation. But I guess there are sometimes where parents wonder: uh, Should I? talk to a plastic surgeon or is this going to potentially result in a scar? Well, I, I think, you know, a lot of these situations we take by a case-by-case basis. I think uh, pediatricians are excellent first-line resources um, and, and really good uh, and have really good relationships with parents. So uh, a lot of times they can guide the parents and say, well, it, it seems like a situation where it not wouldn't necessarily need an emergency room visit or wouldn't necessarily need a, a plastic surgeon evaluation. Um, however, you know, if there's ever questions about, you know, uh, a traumatic situation or something that happened, uh, we have a great pediatric emergency department here at St. Mary. Um, we uh, work very closely with them uh, from a plastic surgical perspective that if there's anything that warrants our evaluation or assistance, uh, we're always available. As the field of medicine has expanded, and we're talking with Dr. Nathaniel Holtzman this morning, the St. Mary Healthline, talking about plastic and reconstructive surgery. So as, as that field of medicine has expanded, are there more practitioners out there, um, more, more plastic surgeons that people could potentially uh, get these services from? And what makes St. Mary uh, a different and, and, and exceptional? 
So, I, you know, I don't necessarily know if there's necessarily more plastic surgeons that are there. There's always a steady stream of, of new plastic surgeons that are, are finishing their fellowships uh, and, uh, and coming out into the field, which is, which is a wonderful thing. Um, I, I think it all is, is kind of region dependent. Um, it's all community dependent on, on where access to plastic surgeons are. A lot of plastic uh, surgeons in L.A., <laughs> I bet, right? I mean, that, sometimes a, a region like that uh, sure. would, would have... A, a greater saturation, I would think. Sure, yeah, and, and there's, I mean, there's plastic surgeons all over the country, which is which is a good thing that that people have those resources. Um, I I think one of the things that makes St. Mary a special place is that we truly are a community hospital and 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 a resource for the community. But we have uh, the facilities and the staff that are able to do. Uh, really high tech um, and advanced uh, medical procedures uh, and uh, surgeries that 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 patients can take advantage of and I think that's something that that sets us aside uh, from a lot of other medical centers is that we have the technology here we have the the uh, the physician staff as well as the supportive staff uh, available uh, to be able to offer services to patients right in their community and I would think there's a certain peace of mind that patients have knowing that they're at St. Mary Medical Center as opposed to some outpatient, I don't know, location at, at, a, at a physician's office. Uh, I don't know. I guess I would feel more protected by the layers of care that are available here at St. Mary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think there are many procedures that are safe to perform uh, within the office setting. Um, but uh, when you start getting into the more technically advanced procedures and surgeries, uh, it is very nice to have the resources that you need, uh, especially as a surgeon. I feel much more comfortable having the resources around me to, to be able to treat our patients appropriately and give them the care they need. If someone is considered having a cos- cosmetic procedure done, what are the next steps that they, they should take? Maybe go to the website, pick up the phone, and uh, dial you guys up for a consultation? Absolutely, yeah. If, if anyone is considering cosmetic uh, surgery or aesthetic procedures or uh, just have concerns and, and they want to speak about what their options might be, uh, we're happy to, to, to see anyone. Uh, you know, they can call the office. They can go to our website at stmaryhealthcare.org. Uh, we have uh, links to our website. We have links to all of our services on there, what we provide. Uh, and we're happy to be a resource to anyone. And you know what? YOLO, right? You heard of YOLO? You only live once, right? This is an (laughs) acronym that sometimes the young people use, and especially for some of these cosmetic procedures, uh, Dr. Holtzman, it's something that patients can kind of try out, right? I mean, they... uh, Many of the cosmetic procedures, at least the ones I'm uh, somewhat familiar with a little tiny bit, they wear off after a certain period of time. So it's not like you're going to have a, a permanent um, change necessarily to your, your appearance. Is that, is that fair to say? It, to a degree. Um, I would say any procedure that's being performed, whether it's something from a, a relaxing agent injection like Botox to a, a filler, uh, which do have temporary effects, uh, to surgery, I think you need to be well-educated and well-informed uh, as a patient what you're undergoing um, and who's performing it. Um, so uh, I, I, there are certain 
procedures that we do that are temporary um, and that need to be repeated um, for the, the effects to, to last. Um, but there can be risks with all of those. Uh, but there, and with surgery, um, there is more of a, a quote-unquote permanent uh, correction. Um, so it's really important for patients to have all the information, to be well-educated, have a lot of good conversations with their provider. And that's what we, we strive to do here in, in not just offer the services, but educate our patients. All right. You, you only live once. How, what would you say to, to folks out there listening here to us today as saying, um, you know, people who need to look younger, there's something, there's something psychological going on there. Um, or I guess I'm thinking of maybe the extreme cases of people who want to look like some celebrity or change their, their appearance or their face. And I'm sure there's many out there listening who say, you know what, that's, that's how God made you and that's how you should, that's how you should be happy with. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to what you're saying, especially with social media today. Um, there's you know people are taking selfie photos all the time and, and looking at photos more often uh, today than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and there is a phenomenon of of an, uh, people now analyzing themselves and, and analyzing their aesthetics uh, much more frequently than they had in the past. Um, I think. There is a certain expectation and there is a a certain reality of what uh, we can and can't do to improve people's appearances. Um, And I think as providers that and as as plastic surgeons, that's our job uh, to educate patients appropriately um, of what is realistic about um, appearance and about what actually can be changed and what can be changed for the better uh, with minimal risk. Uh, you know, I, I think there is a danger a little bit of this uh, self-actualization of, of people looking at their photos all the time because, you know, a lot of things don't need to be changed. Uh, but, you know, for people that do have concerns, there are options that are out there, but they need to be the right ones and, and it needs, needs to be done in the right hands. Well, uh Great hands here. Nathaniel Holtzman with us, uh, plastic surgeon and the division chief at St. Mary Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. Dr. Holtzman, great to uh, be with you, hanging out, talking about some wacky stuff. But uh, it, it is a, a, a field which seems like it, uh, I don't know, just it captures our attention, captures our imagination. And I would imagine that's one of the reasons why you are a plastic surgeon because, you know, the the, the idea that you can, you know, do these these kinds of things is is just, uh, I don't know, a, a kind of amazing. It, it, it's really rewarding uh, to 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 see the patients that uh, we've helped uh, over the years and and to see how we've been able to to change their lives for the better. It, it's an incredible experience, and that's that's why I do what I do. Um, and, you, know, you know, ageism is real too, right? I mean, I, I would imagine you hear from some of your your patients that you know, look, I don't want to be discriminated against in the workplace, or uh, I don't want to be looked at as like the um, I don't know the guy who's on his way out at at, at the uh, at the office or something like that. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine that's just one of many uh, things that draws people to potentially looking at some of these options. Oh, sure. Everybody, everybody's searching for the fountain of youth, uh, whether it's from uh, uh, being in the workplace to uh, just feeling better about themselves to making other lifestyle changes and, and wanting their appearance to reflect that. 
there's a lot of reasons why uh, people want to do it. But, you know, I, I always tell people they need to do it for themselves. Uh, they need to be doing it for the right reasons and doing it for the right expectations. Well, thank you, Dr. Holtzman, for hanging out with us on the St. Mary Healthline. Again, more info online, stmaryhealthcare.org. And that'll wrap it up for us here for the St. Mary Healthline. And uh, we'll talk with you next time here on WBCB. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart.